0: What is up everybody and welcome to the podcast dog mom mentality where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie Caroline and I have my furry friend here Layla. She's behind me on the bed and sleeping so she's slacking but we are here to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog then this is the podcast for you. So happy Tuesday, Uh, this episode is coming out on a Tuesday instead of my normal Thursday since it's a holiday week and Thanksgiving's on Thursday, but this episode is also a little different because it is a solo episode, so it is just me, myself, and I. I've been looking forward to doing this episode for basically even before I started this podcast. Um, so I knew my first solo episode would just be an introduction. And then, um, I had planned to do this one, uh, you know, maybe two or three months ago, even before, um, I think, I think I had planned this one out kind of after I did my intro. It came to me like the next day on our walk and I had to pull out my phone and start taking voice notes of all these ideas that I had. So this episode is about what i think having a dog mom mentality means to me and i ask this question to my guest at the end of every episode and it's been really inspiring to see what they have to say and so i've you know gathered all my thoughts and i'm i'm really excited to share what i think having a dog mom mentality means to me I'm also going to be answering some of the questions that I've gotten on Instagram. I've put up a couple story boxes, uh, like the story question boxes where you submitted a question and I'm going to go over some of those. So thank you to everyone who submitted a question or a DM. I've also really enjoyed being more interactive about the podcast on Instagram, so I have been sharing my happies and crappies with you all in these episodes, and I asked if you would want to share yours with me, and then me share them anonymously uh, on the podcast. So to start things off, my happy for the week is that it's a short week due to the holiday, and I also started therapy back up this past Friday, so my therapist was out for three weeks, I believe, on vacation, um, and I got to see her back on Friday. So it was it was a good day. Um, and just a reminder that if you go to a therapist and you like them, which I I hope you do, tell them thank you. I I told my therapist thank you at the end of our session on Friday, and she just was so taken back and she was like, you know, I never know if my patients really, you know, like the session or appreciate it or get something out of it. So she was really thankful that I told her thank you. So (laughs) if you have a good therapy session, just tell them thank you. Um, My crappy is that people are starting to be out for work for the holiday season. So a lot of people like save up their vacation days and then take them all in November and December, um, which can get a little annoying when you need help or a response and your tasks are on hold due to that. So that's a little crappy, but you know, working past it. So I did ask on my story for you to submit your happies and crappies for me to share on here and just be more interactive and more of a community. So here are some pairs of happies and crappies that I really appreciated and I'm going to share two, maybe three of your rolls each episode, so please don't be offended. If I don't share yours this round, I will for sure get to it at some point and I will keep putting up the question box for you to submit because I really enjoyed seeing everyone's. So let me pull those up. Okay, so one person's happy was that they stood up for themselves and their mental health at work. And their crappy was that their dog's house training has been regressing when they leave her out of the crate at night. So that is definitely a crappy Um, because you know it's going back to some of those like puppy like behaviors and some of those really annoying things but the happy of standing up for themselves and their mental health at work I applaud that so much I feel like that is such a great accomplishment and I'm really into setting boundaries right now and really big on acknowledging when I need to set boundaries so I really really appreciated that one and I'm just super happy for them. Um, let's see, someone else's happy was that they got home from vacation and got to see their two dogs after they were gone. However, it rained every single day that they were on vacation, but they got to see their friends that they don't see often, so that sucks um, that it rained, but I feel like, you know, rain is not something that you can help, but it definitely affects your mood. Kind of just like how The seasonal depression happens, it gets colder, you're not outside as much, Um, you know, I feel like weather can really affect your mood. So those are some happies and crappies that I saw from this past week when I asked it on my story. And like I said, I just really appreciate everyone sharing with me and, you know, trusting me with some of their happies and crappies. So this episode is a long-winded one for me since it's all solo. but before we get into it, I want to ask that if you've been liking the podcast to please rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at dogmommentality, and if you give the podcast a review on Apple, which I hope you do, especially since it's the season of giving, please leave your name or Instagram handle so I can reach out to you personally and say thank you because I really, really do appreciate it so much. So let's get into some of the questions that you all had for me uh, that I received via Instagram, Storybox, and DMs. And I'm also going to talk about what having a dog mom mentality means to me. So let's get into it with yours Truly. So, I'm doing these questions a little bit like a rapid fire. So, just briefly looking at them and no real preparation. So, bear with me. Also, I was thinking about it, and if you have a drink near you, I feel like I'm going to say dogma mentality a lot during this episode. So, if you want, you know, no pressure. But if you want, drink every time I say dog mom mentality because (laughs) I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Okay, anyways, back to the questions. So I had two that deal with dealing with guilt and one was how do I deal with guilt when I have to leave Layla behind and then another one was just like dog mom guilt compared to other people that you might see on Instagram and my suggestion for that is to really try not to compare yourself to other people. Every person is at a different stage of their journey with their dog and I had a really hard time about this around this time last year because Layla had just turned a year old and I was comparing her to dogs that were three four five years old and that's a really big maturity difference and experience you know a lot of experience can come from those few years of being a dog and being a handler and working as a team so I would encourage you to not try to compare yourself Uh, someone else having does not represent you lacking that's a really good mantra that I've been thinking of recently And also, I feel like if you know that you are trying your best for you or your dog or a situation, then know that you are giving it your all and that you're doing everything that you can and that should be enough. Um, Even if you might not feel feel like that at the time, just tell yourself, you know, that is enough. I'm doing my best. I'm doing what I can with the tools that are available to me. And then, you know, take a deep breath and go from there. I had another question that asked, what are the most important things to work on with a puppy? And I would encourage you to go back and listen to my episode with Brittany. That was episodes 13 and 14, I believe, on puppyhood frustrations. Uh, Those two episodes really answer that question. I had one question that was, how did I find the therapist that I'm currently working with and hardest part of therapy thus far? So I've been in therapy for maybe three months now, I would say. So I was really fortunate in that my company that I work full-time for has an online um, area or... Like website that you can look up providers that are in your network. And it also has a section for therapist providers and psychiatric resources that are in your network, in your insurance network. So I utilize that. I also am in a Facebook group with women that are in my city. And there have been a lot of people that have asked for therapy or Uh, psychiatric recommendations in it in the past. So I was able to filter for those questions in the Facebook group search bar and read through some of the responses on them or on there. So a little bit of crowdsourcing and then researching with the tools provided by my uh, full-time work company. The hardest part of therapy thus far is probably just, I'm a very open person and I would say I'm pretty vulnerable already. Like I don't care to share things about myself or my life, especially to people that I trust, um, like a licensed therapist that knows how to deal with those things. So probably the hardest part for me is taking the advice or the homework that she gives me and making sure I apply it to my everyday life. So one thing that I am pretty bad about is interrupting people and trying to be a problem solver when they really just want a listener. So that is one of the tasks that she she gave me to focus on that I've been really working through the past month or so. Another question is about wedding stuff. So, so far, I've really enjoyed planning our wedding. It is next September. Uh, Our wedding ceremony is going to be very small. And then we're going to go on our honeymoon and then have a less formal reception about two weeks later. So it's been super casual, I guess you could say. Um, And I've also done a lot of the planning on my own. So it's been really helpful for me to not have like contradictory opinions from, from different people. And so people are there for me when I ask for their opinions, but I've tried to do a lot of that on my own so that I don't like, I'm not persuaded in one way or another. And it's mine and Bobby's choice and decision versus other people's opinion coming in and, and shifting. Um, I really haven't hated anything so far besides vendors not getting back to me, um, soon enough, (laughs) which I can't really control, but sometimes it's just like a waiting game and that sucks. So let's see. And our last question or questions I should say is what is the most surprising thing I've learned about myself through having this platform, and then also through training Layla. So having this platform, I would say the most surprising thing is seeing how many people relate to the things that seem taboo. And I guess it's like that for a reason. You know, it's one of those things that I've started sharing the thoughts or the feelings that people normally don't talk about because it is taboo. It's really not something that you just come out and say that you are really upset with your dog or frustrated with your dog or, you know, kind of like this, like, you know, um, skew of opinion or, like, bias. Like, you're kind of going against the grain, I guess I should say. So, It's like I've started saying some of those things and a lot of people really resonate and relate to it. So that's one of the things that has really surprised me. And so the other question or part of the question was, what's the most surprising thing I've learned about myself through training Layla? And that's what this whole episode is about. So great segue. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Those are all the questions. I really appreciated it. Um, And now let's get into the good juicy stuff that I have planned for this episode. Okay, I had to take a brief intermission to eat some Chipotle and also put a scarf and jacket on because it is freezing in my house and the weather in Kentucky just keeps going back and forth between like 60 one day and then Thirty degrees the other, so it's all over the place. But it is now time to get into the good stuff, as I like to call it. Um. Okay, let me give you some backstory. So, when I was rebranding my small little Instagram account from just Layla's name to something that encompassed both of us, I came up with the name Dog Mom Mentality Drink. <laughs> and uh, I kept asking myself, why do I like this name so much, and why does it resonate with me? So then I decided on the themed question of what does having a dog mom mentality mean to me, or mean to my guest, or my community, and I thought of all these reasons, and I started categorizing them into different buckets, and all the lessons I have learned from being a dog mom, and going through training, and Different situations with Layla. This question can be so unique to each person because everyone has their own story and lessons that they've learned from having a dog. And I believe everyone's story deserves to be celebrated or pieces of it should be shared if they're comfortable with it because it might help someone else out with their dog or their emotions around something. And that is, you know, what this whole podcast is about. So if you're new here, that's what it's about. With Layla, a lot of the things I have learned by having her or practice with her are things I now use in my everyday life. And I'm not talking about, you know, cute tricks, even though that would be nice if I could utilize that um, in my everyday life and use that to my advantage, besides just giggling at her. (laughs) Um, but I had learned to do things like set boundaries with her or tell her no. And up until this point in my life, I had rarely ever done this with other humans, um, adults, other people, other things, you know, whatever the case may be, because I was such a people pleaser and would let others just walk all over me without really standing up for myself. And that is a really, really hard thing to do. And it's extremely uncomfortable, um, you know, standing up for yourself and and telling other people no if it's going to make your mental health better. But it has gotten easier over time because I have found moments to practice like with Layla. So this is just one example of you know, what I have learned from her or what I think dog mom mentality means to me. This is just one example that fits into one of the six buckets or six categories that I have came up with. So I have these categories now that I have wrapped my head around and really reflected a lot on. But as with everything, things evolve. So in a year or two, I might tweak these thoughts or add on to them You know, no shame, but I think it's important to document how I feel now after really working on building my relationship with Layla and training myself and her as a duo for a little over a year now. I say really because for the first eight-ish months of us having her, I didn't focus on training, playing, or building a relationship. It was just the we just covered the things that we thought were the necessities at the time, like the potty training, the feeding, and, you know, crate training. That was about it. (laughs) That was really all we focused on, um, while she was a puppy. So even before I restarted the podcast, after a few months off from it being an Instagram Live and turning it into a podcast and me trying to figure out what I wanted to do with it, I knew I wanted an episode to be about my list, so these things that make up the dogma mentality for me. I even have a bunch of mod podged voice notes with different thoughts about various topics relating to this. Um, And they are just like scattered in my voice memos on my phone and my notes, messages to people. (laughs) But now I am super excited to share this list with you. So Layla's fear and reactivity came at a point in my life where there were a lot of other unexpected and out of control things that I was having severe anxiety about I've always had anxiety, but I always try to self-medicate or, you know, do things on my own like meditation or yoga, kind of those like self-care practices, but I never really wanted to seek out a doctor or a therapist for various reasons while I was in college or growing up, stigma being one of the reasons. Uh, The other was insurance. But at the time all of this was occurring with her fear and reactivity, I had started my first job and my insurance had kicked in, so I went to a doctor and was prescribed something for anxiety for the first time ever. So I worked up the courage to go see a doctor about getting medicine, but at the same time I was also going through a huge mindset shift, and that was more of a mindset shift with taking care of Layla, but also with taking care of of other things in my life that I could control. I've said this before on some of my posts on Instagram, but with Layla, I couldn't just shut her out. She was basically an all-day, everyday thing. I could put her in the crate at the time, but her crate was one of the places that she was showing signs of aggression at the time. So this was like fall of 2020, And it was basically a double edged sword. (laughs) So this was the first time I really started to learn lessons as a dog mom, which this leads us into lesson one, which is deal with things head on and prepare myself to feel my emotions, but respond appropriately. I've been doing a lot of digging into reacting versus responding for myself. We talk about this a lot with our dogs and their reactivity, but how do we think about it for ourselves? Like, you know, you can't, you can't judge them and then also not judge yourself. And so it's like pointing one finger at them, but three fingers pointing back at you, that sort of thing. But it makes a difference in how the whole dynamic works with our dogs or just with anyone in our life if we start paying attention to how we respond versus react. I used to cry at the drop of a dime with any time Layla would react on the street or share aggression towards us when we would put her in her crate. I learned over time how to contain that reaction and respond appropriately so that I could tackle things head on. I used my emotions to channel more motivation instead of letting the anger, frustration, or sadness overtake me. A lot of this came with reflection and doing things like online therapy or meditation or in-person therapy. It's something that I do a lot now, uh, talking more so about reflection, but it's something that I do a lot now and try to make a habit of it, so I try to do it every weekday morning at least. One of the great things about reflection is that I can see what happened and how I felt and what I did and what Layla did and use that to my advantage the next time we are put in a difficult situation so that I can... Better handle my emotions and what I do and what she sees. There is definitely a time and a place where innate reactions can be beneficial, but at the time I was just, I was only making the situation worse. And I am a huge believer in that emotions are there for a reason. So I really had to learn and I really had to learn to lean into my strengths during this time and just acknowledge that I had weaknesses and that my weaknesses were showing. So I would say some of my biggest strengths are my patience and that I am very self-aware. So when I wanted to react, it was remembering to take a deep breath and being patient with myself and internalizing everything for me so that I could respond instead of react. At the same time, this is something I saw in Layla as well. We talk about dog reactivity a lot on Instagram. It's like, you know, big thing, hashtag reactive dogs. (laughs) And a big thing for us at the time was the barking, the growling, the showing her teeth when we would put her in her crate. This at the time seemed like it came out of nowhere Now I have some thoughts about how it started, which is a totally different conversation, but it was very frustrating, especially because I would Google crate reactivity, and for the most part, it would just come up separation anxiety stuff, and that's just not what we were dealing with. She was fine once she was in the crate and the door was closed, but actually closing the door was what that was the problem for her. Anyways, through training, we worked with her on how to respond appropriately when we closed her crate door instead of having that trauma like response that she used to have. So, that's just one example of how we ask our dogs to respond appropriately instead of reacting. So, you know, I took that into consideration and said, you know, I should be doing this myself and it's made my life and my relationships so much better. <laughs> when I initially went into this training and, and that problem specifically with, to a trainer, um, she had asked me what the rest of our life looked like and at the time we had zero rules <laughs> Zero boundaries, not a lot of impulse control. Uh, Layla was free feeding, free roaming, um, no relationship building, no biological fulfillment type stuff or play. She might have gotten a Kong every once in a while, but like that was it. But after this conversation and realizing all these things with the trainer, I really decided to take her training more seriously and made it a top priority in my life and in in our life as a household. So like between me and Bobby and Layla. Because of all of this though, I really learned a lot about myself and emotional regulation in other areas of my life. So all goes to say (laughs) that lesson one is to prepare myself to feel emotions, but respond appropriately and deal with things head on. All right. Number two in what having a dog mom mentality drink (laughs) and what having a uh, dog mom mentality means to me is to get comfortable with the unexpected. So this is probably my number one trigger with anxiety so I do have a tattoo on my arm, if, if you've been following for a while, you've probably seen it, but it's of my life mantra that I, I had it done back in March, I believe, but I've had this mantra for probably like four or five years now, and it says observation over expectation, so kind of like mind over matter, I, whew, I truthfully do not know where I found it. <laughs> And it kind of sucks to say that, but it has made a huge impact on my life. It basically means observing what is going on around me and being adaptable instead of setting myself up for failure by automatically expecting something to happen and then getting frustrated when that doesn't occur because I cannot control everything and I am not a mind reader. (laughs) Imagine that. Some of this anxiety might be nature. Some might be nurture. Um, I do have one side of my family that has depression and anxiety. I think it is programmed in me to have some anxiety because like of what I said, but I am also an only child and growing up, I never had to worry about obtaining anything. However, in return, I felt a lot of pressure in different areas of my life to give something back and like things were expected of me. And this was all from myself internally. I was never told these things were expected of me, like getting, you know, good grades or all A's or doing all these extracurriculars. I just assumed and literally worked my ass off sometimes to the point of getting sick to achieve them all because I was subconsciously telling myself that if I didn't do all these things, someone would be disappointed in me. It's a great feeling. (laughs) So in hindsight, I could have confronted my internal expectations and asked, like, was everything I am doing really necessary because I was constantly kicking my ass into overdrive on literally everything. But that would have been uncomfortable, you know, for me to confront that. I I would have been uncomfortable at the time taking a step back to breathe, honestly. That's how in the zone I was, I guess you could say. I see this a lot now when working with Layla and with a lot of other things in life now that I am adulting. I'm 24, so I am adulting. So I've had to be very comfortable with receiving what I did not expect Or even getting close to what I expected, but maybe there are some tweaks. Either way, I've had to learn to be adaptable and flexible, which used to really not even be an option for me. Looking back on some situations, I think I acted super selfishly because I was moving through these challenges in such a way that I was trying to get what I expected to happen versus having an open mind to other things and other people's opinions. It's something I really struggle to look back on, but I'm glad I am aware of it and acknowledge it now so that I can, you know, be better. But Layla really pushes me back. Um, she really pushes back on my expectations as a dog mom sometimes and how she should be as a dog, which sounds a little funny, but she's super independent She wasn't very cuddly at first. She's very environmentally focused instead of handler focused. So all of this really challenges me. I like to think these challenges she has put me through and the uncomfy situations I've been put in because of her has made me a more creative problem solver though. That's one way of looking at it. (laughs) Like for her, we have done a lot of desensitization to get used to all these novel sights and sounds and new experiences and situations, basically getting her comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I love to reflect on my journey as a human, as I work with her as a handler or owner or whatever you want to call it through these experiences, because I'm basically asking her to, you know, do what I'm also trying to do get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I love to think of me training her or working with her as like her version of therapy (laughs) because I go to therapy and that's what I work on. So number two is learning to get comfortable with the unexpected. Side note, but I've been pondering a lot about this lesson in other ways I was jotting down some random thoughts the other day, and I thought about how people shame or get weird when talking about anxiety, depression, or really any kind of mental health subject. But also, my anxiety was the same thing that drove me to get good grades and like do all the things which people applauded and praised. So, just some food for thought. (laughs) So, some of these lessons or items, whatever you want to call them, can definitely get a little intertwined, but I feel like you can't have some without the other. So just bear with me. Okay, number three is learning how to take care of something else. I feel like growing up and having a pet, you have some responsibilities, but when it comes to the harder things like going to the vet, I would say most people's parents took care of that. Being an adult and having a dog is a completely different experience for me than what it was having a dog growing up. Taking on the responsibility of feeding and taking them out, those kinds of mundane things, but it's also learning about the individual dog and catering to those needs as well. For us, it was a lot of research and learning about Layla being a mix of herding breeds and those herding instincts it's learning to pick up on cues on when she's restless or not feeling well, when she wants to play. It's taking on responsibility even when it's tough and doing whatever it takes to help her in those situations and taking care of something else to its fullest. Her wants and needs are a top priority in my life because I do live with her and I want this cohesive, enjoyable environment with her and with with our household and family. So this also means taking responsibility for my actions with her, like realizing that sometimes I didn't set her up for success in a situation. And as much as that sucks, it has happened before. And also making sure I seek out help with her when I need it. So finding the right trainer was a huge thing for us, finding a supportive community, finding like-minded individuals or people that are just there to listen to you. But that was all really, really important to me um, when going through these really tough times. But Bobby and I knew we had to step up to whatever she throws us upon getting her And for us, that meant reactions to skateboards and pushiness and fear. But for someone else, that might mean illness or separation anxiety. Okay, so first thing is having emotions and responding appropriately. Two is getting comfortable with the unexpected. And three is learning to take care of the needs and wants of another living thing. Number four on my list for what having a dogma mentality means to me is learning how and when to put myself first. Consequently, through this, I have discovered so much about myself and have gained confidence in areas I didn't even know I needed to work on my confidence in. When I think of this, I think about when it is time that I need a break and what do I even want to do during that break. What does my body or mind, need during that break. Honestly, working on my thoughts and ideas and topics for this podcast and writing them out is super therapeutic for me, and it is a form of me time I highly value, but for someone else, it could be working out or taking a nap or whatever. I think that coming right out of college and going through some transitions like my mom moving across the country and Bobby going on week-long work trips where I was home alone played a really big role in this because I kind of felt forced in a way at this time to really be by myself and do whatever the hell I wanted to do. (laughs) Like, what was I going to do in my free time because I had literally nothing stopping me. In college, it was really easy to just go with whatever everyone else was doing. And I'm like... I'm not saying like peer pressure, but it's really easy during that time to be a follower instead of, you know, a leader or doing your own thing, because there are so many things going on and opportunities just being thrown right at you. Whereas now I'm an adult, I am an adult, and I especially had to learn this during Bobby's work trips, and... In the moment, it was just me and Layla, and I was like, what are we going to do, sis? We can't just sit at home every night. (laughs) I would literally not talk to anyone in person if I sat at home because I worked from home, and I do like a little human interaction every once in a while. So I started learning more about what I like to do with her and what I like to do in my free time with just me by myself for myself and for me this could take on a variety of different things just depending on what my mind and body were trying to tell me to do. Did I need a nap? Did I need exercise? Do I need to go see my best friend? So I started really looking inside me and trying to figure out what it was I was craving so I could give myself that and replenish Whatever I was missing out on at the time, and I really wanted to make sure I was nourishing the right pieces of myself so I could come back refreshed and be the best human, the best worker, partner, dog, mom, friend, daughter that I could be. Eventually, I learned to take these moments for myself, by myself, before I even reached a breaking point. And it's healthy to be a little selfish at times and do these things to fill up your own cup. It's super, super easy to feel guilty about doing that though and feel guilty around this because of how society portrays this me time or, you know, leaving your dog at home or doing something for yourself instead of filling them up 10 Kongs or whatever. Um, But once I got past that, I really started to enjoy this me time to the fullest This also goes into my next item on my list, which is practicing doing what is best for me and my closest loved ones. And for context, that for me is being who I live with. So, me, Bobby, and Layla. Like I said earlier, I am a people pleaser. So, it is really hard for me to set boundaries and advocate for myself, let alone for others. I know you are probably thinking, how could you not advocate for your dog? It was hard and it was really uncomfortable at times. And at some moments, it also felt a little embarrassing to do it because people would be like, well, why don't you want me petting them? Or why can't my dog say hi? So lots of emotions surrounding that. But learning to advocate for us and our space and our decisions was really big. Some instances that I think about this are like advocating for Layla's space, how I was saying. Um, also doing that, um, advocating for her space and, and kind of setting her up for success at the vet. And advocating for other dogs and people to not come up to us so she doesn't get really excited or aroused. These are kind of the typical situations that you think of, but at first that was very hard for me it's also learning to say no and to request for others to value and respect our space and our decisions that we have come that we have come to as a household or as a family and you know sometimes those don't really vibe with other people <laughs> so there have been some decisions that we've made like setting certain boundaries with other close loved ones in our life that they didn't really like, (laughs) Um, and I've never told those people no or asked them to respect my opinion or values or space um, just because their opinions or values are different than mine. You know, I had to, to decide what was best for me and what was best for my family and you know, who who was I teaming up with at the time, I guess you could say. And this all happened at a time where I was going through all these transitions where saying no and creating boundaries became super applicable because I had also started living with Bobby and we had came to some of those decisions on our own, like I was saying, that worked for us and for some other people in our family. You know, they didn't really understand it at the time. And like also, he is... Layla's other owners, so communication with him about her and his ideas, and this is, you know, like co-parenting, where sometimes we had to figure things out together. So, prioritizing Bobby and Layla, along with prioritizing myself, have been a huge part in what having a dog mom mentality means to me. I feel like the last two of prioritizing myself and my time and my family Kind of contradict learning how to put something else's needs and wants on your to do list and taking responsibility for it. I think the difference here between those, because one sounds like don't be selfish and the other sounds like do be selfish, is learning and knowing when to not be a people pleaser. I feel like being selfish is more instantaneous like almost reacting and being impulsive instead of intentionally thinking about what is best for you and your people in the long run. I think that is really a good distinction between those two points that I've made because they do contradict each other a little bit if you were to just listen to them and not really dive in. One is learning how to not be impulsive and selfish because the other thing you're being responsible for has needs and wants, and the other is intentionally prioritizing myself and what is important to me, so that in the long run, I can give back. Okay, we are at our last bullet point of my list. So, so far we have preparing to fill emotions, but responding appropriately, getting comfortable with the unexpected, learning to fully take care of another living thing, taking time for myself, and advocating for myself and my closest loved ones. Last thing on my list for what having a dog mom mentality means for me is having fun. This really started to develop for me when we did the 30 Days of Play Challenge back in March. And if you don't know what that was, um, I have a story highlight about it and you can also check out urban dog leader on Instagram, but that truly changed my lifestyle with Layla. So having fun with her and making sure she has fun, which also goes along with fulfilling her wants and needs and being responsible for that. I talked about this in a post recently that sometimes I think I have so much fun playing with her because I was an only child growing up and maybe I missed out on something when it came to playing I'm not sure. This is like some inner child work, (laughs) but this could have also stemmed from me not allowing myself to do all the things because I felt like I had to study or not go out and, and do certain things because of the pressure I put on myself, like I was saying back a couple bullet points ago. This has also inspired me to have more fun in my own life and ensuring I do the things that make me smile and giggle and laugh and just let my endorphins fucking flow. <laughs> so number six on what having a dog mom mentality means to me. And arguably the most important is having fun. So we are at the end of my very long list. And to recap, for me, having a dog mom mentality means preparing to feel emotions but responding appropriately, getting comfortable with the unexpected, learning to fully take care of another living thing, taking time for myself, advocating for myself and my closest loved ones, and having fun someone else might come up with a totally different list of what having a dog mom mentality means to them because they have had totally different experiences with their dog and different situations and hardships and struggles and successes. Regardless, I am going to go out on a limb and say that if you want to build a better relationship with your dog, then you will need to have whatever your version of a dog mom mentality is and live it out to the fullest. This was quite a bit of material for a solo episode, but I hope it gave you a little bit more insight into me and answered the big question of what this whole dog mom life means to me. Notice, <laughs> notice how I refrained from saying mentality because I have felt like I've said it a lot recently or, you know, in this episode. And if you made this a drinking game, please let me know. I would love to know. (laughs) If you have any questions about this podcast or anything I said, please feel free to message me on Instagram, literally about anything. And to wrap this up, if you liked this solo episode or any episode, in fact, please rate, review, subscribe, and share a picture of you listening to the episode on your Instagram and tag at Mentality. I hope you have a fabulous holiday week, and if nothing else, I hope you find time to play with your dog today.